This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, July 1st. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, we are here for another Friday morning show, doing our live broadcast like we'd be doing all year with our, uh, got a live chat going there on the site and, and got this, uh, live broadcast going. Uh, we are joined today by Matt Hunter. Matt, uh, is the creator of Sabersim and also works over at Rotographs. Matt, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks. Yeah. Glad to, glad to have you join us. Um, trying to get more Rotographs writers in here, as many as we can, uh, guys from the site, but also, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned to me that you, you know, work on Sabersim and I definitely have heard of Sabersim, but I know Brad uses it a lot. Um, but Matt, can you tell us a little bit about Sabersim, what it is, how it works? Yeah. So, uh, so basically how it started was a few years ago, I was doing some writing, blogging for Hardball Times and Fangraphs and, uh, I wanted to just build a baseball simulator just sort of for fun and for research purposes and stuff. So, um, yeah, I built this like play by play simulator and ended up kind of, uh, turning it into a tool for, um, you know, daily fantasy and, and just sports predictions and stuff. Um, so basically it takes each game, takes the starting pitchers and projected lineups and then the confirmed lineups once they're posted and, um, simulates them play by play, uh, like 10,000 times, uses, you know, the park factors and the weather and all that and keeps track of all the stats and then spits out, um, the results. So, uh, the nice thing about it is it doesn't just return the average, um, stats for each player. It actually has a full distribution of, mm-hmm. Um, you know, projected DFS points and home runs and anything like that. So you can really kind of take advantage of, uh, players with upside and the tails of distributions and stuff like that. It sounds like something that seems obvious that you think would have been done, you know, before. Uh, but it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, that, that, you know, surprisingly we hadn't seen that yet. Um, but yeah, so you had a lot of success with it so far? Yeah. Um, you know, this year I've kind of, focused a bit more on the tools and, um, you know, have some cool ways that you can use the uh, distributions to kind of, you know, build lineups on the um, conditional that, like, a player will hit a home run or that a player will score a certain number of points, so it's a better way to do stacking or to um, fade pitchers or, um, you know, build your lineups around certain players, stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I've had success with it. Yeah, the... Pretty cool stuff and definitely uh, pretty useful for DFS. Uh, Brad, as you write about DFS every day, I know you use SaberSim as part of your analysis. It's been uh, pretty useful for you as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice tool. It's good for... What I like to do is uh, every morning when I'm going through uh, pitcher picks for Daily Grind, I do that without looking at SaberSim, and then I pull up the SaberSim results, try to get a, a smell check of you know, what looks weird to me, what maybe I missed, and you know, try to figure out what's going on with that the discrepancies. Mm-hmm. Uh, today this morning I noticed uh, Wade LeBlanc was uh, fairly highly favored by Saberson. That was a, that was one of the ones that gave me a chuckle. Uh, but I think I already saw that it's been he's been adjusted down quite a bit since when I looked. Yeah, uh, I think we mentioned him last week too. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it's nice to have something that is blind like that. You know that you, you might have your biases right. or you might look at it with your eyes of uh, what you think is going to happen and then having a simulator that can catch things that maybe fell between the cracks is pretty cool. 
Brad, you also have a Daily Grind Invitational going on today. Yep, it's over on FanDuel. Uh, they cap us at 20 people, unfortunately, so get in quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find the link. Um, it's it's in the post on Rotographs. Also, uh, Brad's on Twitter, at Baseball18, has the uh, the link there. Um, those have been going pretty well still. Yeah, yeah, going well, uh, keeping track. Uh, i got a nice core group that shows up every day and competes. It's fun. Cool. There's some, some good banter on the uh, in the comments and on Twitter, too. Yeah, if you want to play a DFS with a regular Rotograss players uh, and and people who read Brad and other Rotograss people, you can join up over there at a you know at the Daily Grind Invitational. So check that out. All right, uh, we're gonna get into these Friday games here in a bit. Uh, first of all, just want to talk about the Cleveland Indians won't stop winning. Apparently, uh, 13 <laughs> wins in a row now, just kind of ridiculous. Kind of exciting. I feel like they're a generally pretty likable team as well, and it's cool to see them do well, uh, especially with a lot of the country excited about Cleveland in general uh, winning, so it's a good things going on in the city. Matt, was there anything uh, about the Indians that stuck out to you, or just uh, what's going on in baseball lately before we, we jump into this uh, DFS stuff? I mean, not too much. It's It's been cool to see Francisco Lindor really, you know, break through. I mean, he was great last year as well, so it's, it's great to see him not regress too much and and really live up to his potential so mm-hmm. um, i mean that's been fun uh, and then yeah as far as baseball i mean uh kershaw going on the dl is big news you know that's that's obviously a kind best of a bummer for everybody in the world like. so yeah it's, it's a bummer but you know hopefully it doesn't i don't i don't actually know how long he's supposed to be there but yeah hopefully not long a lot of question yeah, marks it's described as a fairly minor injury at least at the stage Hopefully. I'm yeah. guessing probably not too much more than the minimum, but they'll also want to be careful with making yeah. sure that he's all the way back. And it felt a little strategic to me being right around the, uh, the mm-hmm. all-star break, too, possibly. I'm um, just realizing they're not going to miss that many starts from him if they give him a break now. So, um, Brad, do you have anything else before we get into these games for Friday? No, let's get down to it. All right, cool. So Friday, July 1st. Um, there's two games actually we're going to skip today in the afternoon. Um, the Indians going to, uh, Toronto looking for their 14th win in a row. That's happening earlier than all the other games. Uh, probably won't fit your DFS late. We're going to ignore that. And then, uh, the Reds going to Washington are an hour earlier too, and that probably doesn't fit either. So we're just going to do the 13 games after that that probably fit most of your slates. So, uh, Brad, let's start with you at catcher. I actually didn't have a ton of names at catcher. I don't know how you did today. Um, but but how does it look behind the plate for Friday? Yeah, I didn't pull out too many that really excited me. Uh, top end of the scale, you got Buster Posey at Shelby Miller. Uh, that's in Arizona, so decent power pick today. Uh, another power pick, uh, Brian McCann up against Colin Ray in San Diego, mm-hmm. where uh, I like to point out because everyone thinks of Petco as a pitcher's park, uh, but the factors for left-handed hitter power is still uh, above average. I think it's 106 off the top of my head. So not really hurting McCann that much. Uh, If he does happen to get under one, send it deep. And then the other guy I like a little bit further down the list, uh, Tyler Flowers, uh, showing good power uh, since mid-May, hitting something like 255, 320, 500, Mm -hmm. and uh, five homers in that time. Uh, hard hit rates up above 40%. Uh, he's up against Justin Nicolino, a uh, guy who, you know, not really getting any swings and misses. That's the big problem in Flowers' game. Uh, so I think it's a really good matchup for him. 
Yeah, Flowers, I was looking at, because he typically has hit lefties a lot in the past. He's not this year, but right. I'm not personally worried about it. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I, I would trust, you know, as usual, the the longer run of uh, what he's done than just, you know, what he's done the last few months. I think it's good that he's hitting overall and should be fine against lefties. So anybody that's going to hit lefties I like against Nicolino, unfortunately, it's uh, have the Braves to pick from today. Uh, Matt, did you have anyone at catcher that, uh, that Brad did not mention? Um, the only other guy that I want to bring up is Josh Fegley. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's really cheap on, uh, actually on DraftKings and FanDuel. He's 3,200 on DraftKings and he's like the fourth, mm-hmm. um, projected on Saberson. But he's going against, um, Jeff Locke. Jeff Locke. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Locke. And yeah, I mean, the A's are, uh, at least Saberson's projecting them to, score a lot of runs tonight, so I think he could be kind of a nice, sneaky pick, especially. I think the same deal is with McCann, you know, in a pitcher's park, um, especially kind of a West Coast game. I think those players are often uh, a little under-owned in DFS, um, so those can be some, you know, good sneaky picks with upside. Yeah, yeah, I like those. Um, Fegley's an old favorite of this podcast because he used to hit lefties so well, and he hasn't as much this year. But I think he probably can against Jeff Locke. I think that's a pretty good matchup for him. And again, yeah. trying to trust those uh, older skills of hidden lefties as opposed to what he's done necessarily in recent months. So, yeah, I yeah. like that. He should get in there, too. Um, the only other catcher I had you guys didn't mention is Salvador Perez getting uh, Jeremy Hellickson. Hellickson's okay, but Perez has actually been hitting righties pretty well this year. There's not a lot else about the uh, Royals lineup I'm that excited about, um, but I, I think Perez yeah. is, is an okay option. Uh, getting getting Hellickson and the Phillies bullpen, uh, especially in Philadelphia. So I would consider that. Um, all right, on to first base. Uh, Matt, do you want to get started? Who are your favorite picks uh, at first base? Um, so first base, I mean, everyone's, all of my favorite picks are pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, Ortiz is kind of an obvious choice. You know, they're in Fenway, and I think it's against Ulysse Chassin, mm-hmm. who's uh, not been <laughs> very good. But I think... Actually, Hanley on the same team, it might be, you know, a nice pick, especially from the ownership point of things, because they're both the same position. So mm-hmm. if everyone goes Ortiz in that game, then, um, you know, Hanley could, uh, could be a, a good alternative to that and a bit cheaper. Uh, and then outside of that, I actually like Rizzo today, um, who's going against DeGrom, um, but he's the third first baseman on Saberson. So, you know, again, uh, won't be owned by as many, uh, lineups, but, I think still has the great upside, um, you know, lefty against DeGrom, so. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. That's kind of a case of trusting the talent more than the matchup. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I agree that I was I shied away a little bit. I saw DeGrom on the slate, but I don't think <laughs> it's a thing that you have to go away from. He is just, he's too good to, to really, uh, to ever totally shy away. Uh, Brad, what were you thinking at first base? Uh, yeah, I got a couple picks just like that. There wasn't really a bargain that stood out to me. I I have a uh, a call my right for Roto World uh, bargain picks, and the guy I picked out for first base is actually AJ Reed at twenty four hundred. He doesn't have a hit yet. I really don't advocate using him in general, but if you're trying to get someone super cheap with power potential, Reed's got Miguel Gonzalez. If he's going to hit a home run, it's probably against Miguel Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Homer prone pitcher, Homer prone park. Uh, so it's, uh, that's your bargain for the day. Uh, otherwise, uh, kind of like Rizzo, uh, you got Paul Goldschmidt up against Johnny Cueto. Cueto, obviously, a very good pitcher. Goldschmidt's price is 
fairly affordable. He's 4,400 on DraftKings, I think 3,900 on FanDuel. Uh, it's just like a, a solid price zone, Goldschmidt at, I think. Uh, similarly, you could try to go with Miguel Cabrera against Drew Smiley. Again, it's a, a situation where the price isn't too bad. He's a little more expensive on DraftKings where he's 4,900, but I think, uh, just 3,700 on a FanDuel. So he's good value there. And then, uh, I really like Brandon Belt up against Shelby Miller. Uh, Miller someone I've been taking a lot of advantage of this year. Uh, looking a little better since coming back from the disabled list, but still like a lot of Giants tonight. Yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing about Miggy is he also hasn't hit lefties this year for some reason, but I don't, I'm not really that worried about it either. He's crushing <laughs> righties and it's not like you forgot how to work with the platoon advantage, you know? So I find right. it curious and it would make me think twice with Smiley, but I'm not completely shying away. Uh, I just, that's something we've been tracking a little bit this year that, that seems curious, but I don't know why that would happen. Um, I also wrote down Eric Hosmer and, uh, Jeremy Hellickson. I think that's going to be just fine. Uh, I'm not worried about that. Um, if I had a cheap option, uh, I have two. I don't know how cheap they're going to be because again, it's first base. Um, I take Brandon Moskett and Matt Garza. Matt Garza's been back and he's been okay, but n- not enough that I'm that worried about picking against Matt Garza. Um, and then, uh, Deho Lee getting Kevin Gosman. Deho Lee's kind of taken over that first base job in Seattle, which has been, uh, fun and exciting. And Gosman struggles with righties. Uh, he handles lefties better than righties, uh, at least this year and, and in recent years. So I think right-handed Deho Lee, who's been hitting righties just fine too, um, could be an option against Kevin Gosman for sure. Uh, there. Uh, I don't know. Kevin Gosman's been an interesting guy. Uh, especially to try and pick against with some weird splits. All right, let's move on to second base. Uh, Brad, how'd you do at second base? Where are you thinking of going? Uh, again, the guys I'm looking at are fairly expensive. Uh, I, I think this is in a bad day to have that happening. Uh, the pitchers, there's a lot of good ones available that are kind of mid-tier priced, uh, so you can fit in some expensive guys in your lineup. Uh, that, that out of the way, uh, like uh, Matt Carpenter did up against Matt Garza, Jose Altuve against Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, these are, you know, top-priced guys, but the, the matchups are also very high quality. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ian Kinsler up against Drew Smiley, another yeah. guy who uh, a lot of potential hitting lefties well, hitting well in general, and uh, up atop that Tigers lineup. Uh, Smiley's going to be a, a, an interesting guy to watch tonight. Every time I try to stream against him, he turns in one of his good outings, and then I'll look at his next three, and they'll just be garbage. Sure. And... And usually when I'm picking against him, it is a team like the Tigers who you know, have a ton of lefty matchers that still doesn't turn out real. So I've been burned personally trying to target Smiley. It doesn't mean that you can't. Right. Uh, it's just uh, something to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like Kinsler. I like, you know, especially as a leadoff guy who's been hitting really well, and I had confidence that people drive him in. I, I like him in good matchups, and that would be a good one. Um, I have a uh, Dustin Pedroia getting Alicia seen. He's been hitting righties this year. Should be fine. Um, of course, Carpenter, of course, Altuve. Um, I want to mention Derek Dietrich getting Julio Tehran, and I yeah. forgot to mention, uh, Justin Bohr as well. Uh, Tehran's having a fine year, but I still think you could pick on him with lefties. He still has that split. He's kind of always had that split. So left-handed Marlins, including Dietrich and Bohr should be, should be all right. Uh, Matt, did you have, uh, any second baseman there that, uh, we did not come up with? Um, yeah, Dietrich was my favorite pick as far as value. Uh, I think similar to the Byungho Park, uh, Brian Dozier is, you know, going against a lefty. He's mm-hmm. a little expensive. Um, so 
I'm not sure he's well on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's cheap, so yeah. um, I'll definitely go with him there. Um, you know, but again, going against Martin Perez, lefty, um, who's I think outperforming. You know, his ERA is definitely outperforming his true talent. So uh, a lot of upside potential there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I like that a lot. I also wrote down uh, Jonathan Scope getting uh, Wade LeBlanc. Um, I, I'm not, despite what Saberson might say before or after updates, <laughs> I'm not that huge on uh, Wade LeBlanc. And Jonathan Scope is, you know, not suffering from bad splits. Not a not a great on base guy, but definitely has power. Um, so kind of almost always an option. Uh, I would consider that. Um, did either of you have any second baseman we didn't get to before we move on? No, no. Dietrich was also my bargain guy. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I like that Tehran's having a better year. That's good to see. But uh, just has had that weakness against lefties for a long time. Yeah. So, and, and one note about Tehran: the results are good. He's got like a two hundred five BAPIP with none of the indicators you usually see with a low BAPIP guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like he should regress right up to his career average and right up to a four point zero ERA with that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm fine with picking some Marlins against him for sure. Um, all right, Matt, how about, uh, at third base? Where, where does, uh, Saber Sim think, think you should go at third base? So third base, uh, I mean, the, so the top option is, at least on DraftKings, is Matt Carpenter, who we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for, uh, FanDuel, um, and, and this is my kind of value pick on DraftKings as well, is Danny Valencia, um, another Oakland player, um, uh, who I've mentioned Saber Sim likes him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he should have a, great matchup against Locke and uh and is pretty highly projected. So he's my favorite outside of him. I mean, Chris Bryant is you know, he's always got that home run potential. Um but going against DeGrom, that's obviously a riskier matchup. Uh, and then I like Luis Felbuena as well, um, who is against uh Miguel Gonzalez, who we mentioned is, you know, prone to to give up the long ball, I think. So yeah, I, I, we mentioned Luis Valbuena for a amount on the show. Just a guy that can definitely run into one. You know, not going to be that expensive, but could easily get one for four and a homer out of there. Yeah. Uh, I like that, definitely. Um, yeah, and I, I like that you mentioned Valencia. That's a favorite of mine. Anytime he gets a lefty, the A's offense is not that fun right now. But uh, when they get lefties, there's some interesting guys to pick from, and, and one of those would be Valencia for sure. Uh, Brad, what are you thinking at third base? Uh, the expensive guy I'm looking at, uh, also a shortstop on DraftKings, Manny Machado against Wade LeBlanc. I don't think that requires too much explanation, yeah. but Machado kills lefties. Uh, LeBlanc's probably a below average lefty. And even in Seattle, so it's not a, a hitter's park, but every other factor skews in Machado's favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really like that matchup today. He's only 3,900 on FanDuel, so I expect him to be very popular. Uh, but also very affordable at the same time. Yeah. Uh, another guy like uh, Adrian Beltre, n- no platoon advantage, just uh, ready on ready against Irvin Santana in Minnesota. Uh, target feels not actually bad on righty power. It's the lefties that really get punished. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I-, I think Beltre's a guy who he's hitting well, has shown power recently, so there's no concerns about slumps or anything like that. Uh, he's quality hitter up against a guy he can hit and shouldn't be very popular. I think he should be a nice GPP play. Yeah, and Santana knows how to give up homers, so, you know, that, that's a pretty yeah. all right matchup for him. Even righty on righty, I'm like, it's serving Santana, it'll be fine, uh, for sure. Um, I had Johnny Peralta getting Matt Garza. Again, Matt Garza's looked okay so far, but I don't think he's turned back the clock. It would have to be about mm-hmm. three years by now 
I, I think it's totally fine to pick Johnny Peralta against him. Um, if Jake Lamb getting Johnny Cueto, for me, that's just like a fade. I like Jake Lamb just fine. Uh, but it, it's hard to pick against Cueto. If you're in a GPP and you want to get creative, uh, I think you could hope that he could run into one there, especially in the desert. Um, and then the last third baseman I had, uh, Jung Gung gets Sonny Gray. Um, Brad, are you still picking against Sonny Gray? He's looked a little bit better lately. Uh, or would you consider guys against him? Yeah, he's kind of like Shelby Miller in that he's looked a little bit better. Um, not enough that I'm afraid of going against him right now. Um, I am afraid of using him. So uh, yeah. for now, yeah, I think you can definitely target against him. Yeah, and Jungle Kong quietly having a really good year. I mean, he came oh, in yeah. late and, you know, has been pretty darn good. So I trust him, you know, even against righties, he's, he's been fine. Um, did either of you have any third baseman we didn't get to? Uh, just wanted to mention on DraftKings specifically, uh, Nolan Arenado is 3800 against Bud Norris. Mm-hmm. DraftKings is a little odd with their pricing. They're very reactive to home away and uh, handedness. Uh, so they're seeing Arenado on the road, and they're seeing him gets a righty, and they've docked his price quite a bit. Uh, but very high-quality hitter. Uh, yeah. Not someone I'm concerned about uh, power-wise, Con- easily get out of Dodger Stadium, even though it's a little tough on righties. And Bud Norris is still Bud Norris, uh, good yeah. numbers aside. Bud Norris has been a little bit better lately, but not he, enough that I'm, you know. He has made some changes to his repertoire. There's things to like about that, but often that just means the league needs to adjust slightly. Yeah, and Arenado's pretty darn good, that even when he's in a bad matchup, I suppose, not the perfect, you know, environment, I think he's going to be fine. So, yeah, I think that's, that's totally a place you consider going. All right, at shortstop, I had six names. I guess I had seven names. Um, I put uh, Eduardo Nunez and Eduardo Escobar against Martin Perez, the Eduardos in Minnesota. Um, they kind of are shuffling around where they, they play, but they can both hit lefties. So I, I consider both of them definitely they get a lefty. They get Martin Perez, and uh, I, I think whichever one you want to go with, uh, check your starting lineup, see where they're playing, see who gets in. Um, but, but I like both of them just fine. And Martin Perez is not great and doesn't strike anybody out. So I could see them doing okay there. Um, Carlos Correa gets Miguel Gonzalez. There's not a lot to say about that. Miguel Gonzalez is the definition of a fifth starter right now. And Correa's looked pretty darn good. And it, or he did in June. I guess it's, it's July now. Um, I wrote Aledmus Diaz getting Matt Garza again. Uh, any, the, the Cardinals can hit. Pick them against Matt Garza. I'm fine with any of those guys that you trust. Um, my boy Jonathan VR gets Jaime Garcia. He just keeps running and he hits lefties just fine. He's hitting most everything, but I like him against Jaime Garcia for sure, who is a, certainly a decent pitcher. Uh, it's not like a punching bag by any means. It's more just that I trust Jonathan VR to get on base and probably run some too. My last two names, Brandon Crawford gets Shelby Miller. Shelby Miller came back maybe a little bit better. He allowed seven runs last time out though. I don't think he's by any means fixed. I have less faith there than, than Sonny Gray turning things around. Um, so Brandon Crawford and the Giants that you like. I mean, that lineup's so beat up, it's not as exciting, but Brandon Crawford's still an option. And then my last shortstop name was Corey Seager getting Jorge De La Rosa, because even though it's lefty on lefty, I don't think he's scared of lefties at all. He can handle them, um, especially Jorge De La Rosa. And once they're done, it's the Rockies' bullpen. Uh, I, I think that Corey Seager... Becoming almost a matchup proof stud at times. Um, so, uh, I like that. Those are my shortstop options. Um, Brad, did you have any that I did not mention? Yeah, a couple of big ones, uh, that I'm really keyed in on, uh, 
Alexander Bogarts and Marcus Semien. Uh, so Bogarts mm-hmm. up against Luis Chassin, and then Semien's against Jeff Locke, and he kills lefties. He, he's hitting well right now. Uh, Bogarts is hitting well. Uh, they're both solid plays tonight, even though the stadiums aren't perfect for them. Yeah, I like that uh, Semien one. I, I, I missed that, but it's another one of those A's guys I like against lefties. Uh, that can definitely, little power, little speed, could be fine. Um, and then, uh, Matt, did you or Saber Sim have anybody that, that we didn't, didn't get to? Uh, I think you guys named off like 10 names, so <laughs> probably not. Uh, I mean, Se- Semyon was my favorite pick, uh, for today, just based on, on price and matchup. I mean, I liked Semyon yesterday, and he ended up hitting a home run against Bumgarner, so today against Locke is obviously an even better matchup, uh, so I like him a lot, and then, just going, looking at Saberson going down the list, um, kind of the best value is Brad Miller, who's, uh, against, who's for Detroit today, Fulmer, right? Yeah. Uh, and Fulmer's been really good, but, uh, you know, Brad Miller, uh, has a little pop and probably will not be super owned. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for a little bit of a cheaper guy in DraftKings, then that's, you know, that's a good pick. Yeah, I always feel like he's kind of a decent punt option at shortstop. If you want to go yeah. cheap and get a guy who can hit a little bit, can run a little bit, has a little pop, you know, as long as he gets a righty, not a lefty, you're like, okay, like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a guy. And if you're going to go cheap at a, a spot, I think catcher and shortstop are just fine places to go with, with cheap guys. Yeah. So definitely an option. Um, all right, we stole all the shortstops. Uh, Matt, you want to get us started in the outfield? I mean, there's <laughs> plenty of names, plenty of places to go, but uh, where do you and Sabersim think that we should uh, start in the outfield, Matt? Yeah, so as is the case for, I'd say, the majority of days, Mike Trout is the top projected option by a lot. So he's, I mean, he's going against Stephen Wright, who is, you know, knuckleballer, one of those guys that is performing great, but projection systems are just always going to uh, not like him as much as the results. Um, I don't really know. You know, Steamer has him as, I think, a over four ERA going forward. I don't really know what to trust, but it's Trout, uh, and it's Fenway. So I think, you know, he's, he's a good option and, and probably won't be as owned as, uh, as he often is just because Stephen Wright. Uh, and then going down the list, Mookie Betts, you know, again, um, it's not really much to say about him. He's good. <laughs> uh, and it's in Fenway. Uh, and then as far as cheaper options, uh, John Carlos Stanton is down to 3,400 on DraftKings, which just doesn't feel right seeing his price go that low. I know he's been terrible, but you know, there's always an upside there. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I like Chris Davis on Oakland a lot. Uh, I've said a lot of Oakland players, um, but I think all these righties have a great potential for home runs. And, uh, you know, I like Chris Davis a lot, so. Yeah, I, I, I like a, an A's right-handed stack for sure. You know, if you want to go Fegley and Chris Davis and Valencia and Semyon, like all all good options there that could score some runs against Chef Locke. Also a favorite, an old favorite of the podcast back when he was more streamable, and now he's a guy you got to avoid a little bit. Um, you mentioned yeah. Mookie Betts getting just seen. How does Saberson feel about Jackie Bradley? Are they still kind of adjusting to a guy who kind of changed his game in the last year? I mean, I think a lot of DFS yeah. players like him. You know, more. Yeah, so I mean, Saber Sim, I don't think I mentioned earlier, it kind of uses Steamer um, rest of season as sort of the, the base before applying all the adjustments and going through the Sim. So I think Steamer, uh, as well, hasn't really... Ca- I mean, he, he's been better, obviously, than 
the beginning of the season as far as projections, but he's still, I mean, he's at 8.7 points and Mookie's at 10.8 right now. So definitely relative to their price on DFS. Um, it doesn't like Jackie too much, but you know, I, I don't know if it's just not adjusting fast enough or maybe, you know, he's going to kind of regress back towards, uh, maybe what it knows he was better. before. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brad, what are you thinking in the outfield? Where are you thinking of going? Um, well, on the subject of Reds, Red Sox, uh, Bryce Brent's, uh, gang starts now that, uh, Hanley Ramirez is a little banged up. So if Ramirez is out again, uh, I might see, uh, might see Brent's again. Uh, right-handed hitter, uh, decent pop, not a ton, but some pop. And, uh, uh just a good matchup in general against Yuli Sashin. Uh, so, a, a guy to consider very cheap on both sites. And, uh, again, good matchup. Yeah. Um, in, in a matchup like that, you just, anybody cheap that can get in and be a part of crazy Red Sox scoring, you know. Uh, yeah. Like sure. And he'll be at the bottom of the lineup, so maybe if you, uh, like on FanDuel, he's 2200. Maybe if you have Mookie Betts, uh, you have Brent's on the back end, it's a bit of a sneaky stack, uh, where you can, you know, take advantage of some interaction later on in the game, not necessarily right off the bat. Also liking uh, Orioles tonight, uh, Mark Trumbo, uh, the big name, but also uh, Joey Rickard, uh, really good against mm-hmm. left-handed pitcher, uh, sneakily. Uh, it's not something that's really talked about that much, but he's got big numbers against lefties. Uh, the plate discipline's a lot better, which is usually what I look for to tell if something seems real with splits. And so looks like he's got a little bit of power against lefties, and he definitely hits for a much higher average. So a good play against Wade LeBlanc. Beyond that, uh, I didn't see too many plays that really stood out to me. I, I like Shin Su Chua as a one-off against Irvin Santana. Uh, I don't mind Odubel Herrera. Same situation, just as a one-off against Ian Kennedy. You know, Suspedis, uh always a, a good power option. I uh, hit one yesterday. I uh, could hit another today against Jason Hamill. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there's several guys like that, kind of one-off type plays. Uh, even like a Jacoby Ellsbury versus Colin Ray. How about uh, your boy Mazzara getting Irvin Santana as well? You considering that? I'm a little hesitant about Mazzara right now, uh, but I do like the matchup against Santana, who tends to be a little skewed towards fly balls, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Mazzara is uh, definitely working towards grounders right now. Uh, the My only real concern with that one is the uh, target field is pretty tough on lefty power. But yeah. when Mazzara gets into it, it goes very far, so... Uh, it's not a bad matchup. Yeah, good hit his way out of there. I like that. Um, I wrote down, uh, had a question in the chat if we liked any Braves against uh, Justin Nicolino, and we mentioned <laughs> Tyler Flowers, and I like picking, I like picking against Justin Nicolino when I can. He's one of my favorite guys to stream against just because he's a lefty and doesn't strike anybody out. Uh, he has twenty three, uh, no, twenty seven strikeouts in fifty five innings this year. Uh, half a half a strikeout an inning. Uh, basically. But uh, I'm going to go with Jeff Francoeur. Uh, you know, it's kind of fun to pick him when you can, but he's hitting lefties this year. It's the skill that he's held on to uh, for years. He hits lefties, and he has an arm, which doesn't help us in DFS. But uh, he, the thing there is, you know, I don't know what he's going to give you against the bullpen once Nicolino's out. I don't know if Nicolino's going to go deep, but if you want a cheap third uh, outfield option, like I'm definitely considering uh, him uh, as, as a place. Go. Um, also have Cameron Maven getting uh, Drew Smiley. Cameron Maven's been hitting lefties this year. Kind of a frustrating and consistent player, but 
right now things look good against the lefties, and so I think you can go there. Brad, are you on the Robbie Grossman train at all, or are you buying? Yeah, are you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. Yeah, I I you, thought that maybe he had broken out in terms of his uh, plate discipline was getting a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. He says that's not the case. Like he's told reporters that he it's not really showing up in the numbers either. I look at plate discipline stuff. Uh, so that's almost a little bit disappointing. It, it, he does seem to be hitting the ball harder. He says he's stronger this year, and that's what's shown in the numbers so far. Uh, I'd still like to see him swing at more strikes. Sure. But uh, beyond that, it, the pro- overall profile looks good. Uh, kind of lowish average, very high OBP, and uh, good power. Uh, gives you a high floor with a moderate ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, uh, I like him. Um, I have Ryan Braun getting Jaime Garcia. I really like Braun getting a lefty. Again, Jaime Garcia is not a pushover, but I think he'd be fine there. Um, I have Nelson Cruz getting Kevin Gosman. Again, righties against Gosman are fine with me. Uh, I could definitely run into one. I'm not scared of that matchup for him at all. Um, I wrote Pirates outfielders getting Sonny Gray, but again, it just comes down to how you feel about Sonny Gray. He's been better lately. Um, weird to th- think that the worst Pirates outfielder is McCutcheon when you're picking from the three, uh, but that is what it feels like right now, but um, they're, they're all viable uh, in that matchup, I feel like. It, it's Oakland, it's not you know a great place for them to hit at all, but I think they're all options. Um, I like the Baltimore guys you wrote. Um, are you thinking about Rockies outfielders against Bud Norris? And I know you went with Arenado, or the other guy's a little more questionable. No, Black, Blackman and Carlos Gonzalez, definitely big picks today. Yeah. Uh, and Dodger Stadium's not that bad for, on lefty power. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have the home road stuff with the Rockies. Uh, it's the only real team that I get into the home road splits. They're mm-hmm. much worse on the road for obvious reasons, as we've talked about a billion times. Yeah. And it's always something you have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, I, Bud Norris and also the Dodgers bullpen isn't that great, so I would consider yeah. some Rockies. And then we're, I wrote a we're Yankee bang up team. <laughs> yeah, and then I wrote Yankees outfielders getting Colin Ray will be fine. Um, Matt, were there any any guys that that we missed either on your list uh, or just from Saberson that you feel like need to mention before we move on? Um, the th- I I don't actually remember if you guys mentioned him, but George Springer is the third uh, highest guy on Saberson. Um, didn't have him at all. I Sorry, what was that? I said I didn't have him at all. No. Wow. Yeah, um, but he's the third highest, you know, and going against Miguel Gonzalez again. Uh, it's always good upside potential there. Mm-hmm. And then, as far as a cheaper option, uh, Christian Yelich is only thirty-two hundred on DraftKings and is pretty high on the Saber Sim list. So he's definitely a good uh, cheaper option if you're looking for um, some salary relief there in outfield. Yeah, I, I wrote that down and I lost it in my own list, but I, I like Yelich a lot. Again, lefty getting Tehran, uh, I, I don't think he needs to be cheap. I think that's a, a fine matchup for him. He's been good. Yep. So uh, thumbs up, green light from me, at least for Yelich. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and let's get into pitching. I didn't have uh, an overwhelming number of options. Sometimes we do these Friday slates with so many games and there's so many places to go. Um, I wrote down eight names, but uh, Brad, how's the the pitching look to you? Where do you think you're you're gonna go for Friday? Actually, I like a lot of the guys. Uh, it's a lot of mid tier mm-hmm. action, so mm-hmm. there's just a, a lot of guys who have upside, not necessarily gonna get there, uh, but uh, either their matchup or their stuff gives them the potential to be among the top scorers. Yeah. Uh, so some of those guys. Uh, Stephen Wright, we've talked about a little bit with the knuckleball. 
uh, <laughs> definitely a very high volatility type pick. I wrote about him in the Daily Grind today. Uh, last two starts kind of give you the idea of the range you're working with. Uh, against the White Sox, there's nine innings. I uh, get six strikeouts. Uh, didn't even pick up the win in that one. Uh, but that was a, a nice high-scoring day for him. And turned around against the Rangers, uh, less than five innings. Uh, got beat up a little bit. Uh, eight runs, three earned. And uh, got knocked out quite quickly. Uh, so you're uh, on the plus side, you got potential for a complete game. They let him go when he's working. And that's something that you don't always get these days, uh, pitchers who have potential to really go nine innings every single time they're out there. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's the a ceiling there. The flip side sure. is you, you can get your lineup torpedoed by them. So <laughs> it's a uh, high-risk, high-reward, good for GPP. Yeah, that's uh, I, I like him a lot. I, I'm kind of all in there. Like, yeah, he got blown up last time, but he hadn't allowed more than three earned runs, and he only had three earned runs there, but five unearned. So it was a bad start, definitely. Uh, he hadn't done that since May 13th, and that was the only time all year he had allowed more than three earned runs. Like, he, until, you know, last, you know, last time out, had been pretty darn consistent. So for me, he weirdly feels like the ace of the day, at least with the matchup. Uh, you know, again, the Angels is not that scary outside of Mike Trout, and he's just pitched like an ace. It's been crazy. Um, I mean, the biggest name on the board might be DeGrom, but he gets the Cubs. Uh, you know, Matt, what are you thinking about DeGrom? I know you had some Cubs guys that, that were looking good against him. Or what do you think? And then also, what does Sabersim think about DeGrom for Friday? Yeah. Um, so DeGrom's the third, uh, highest pitcher on Sabersim. Um, yeah, I, I think he's, he's sort of a high volatility, uh, matchup today, just, the Cubs strike out a ton, but obviously yeah. have huge offensive potential. So, mm-hmm. um, I think DeGrom is a great GPP pick because I, I think people don't like targeting the Cubs. Uh, so he won't be super high owned and he's got, you know, that strikeout upside. But I also don't mind picking Cubs players and fading DeGrom. Um, I think both sides, almost both sides of those matchups are, yeah. are okay picks. Yeah. So, you know, and he, he's he's expensive, but there are other more expensive pitchers on the slate. So I don't know. I'll probably throw him in, but I don't think I'll have only Degrom in my lineups because it's just a little scary against the Cubs. Sure. <laughs> um, how about the flip side of that? I'm gonna. So I, I want to like guess who's on your favorite sim uh, leaderboard. Yeah. Uh, I, Jason Hamill's got to be up there. He's just pitched out of his mind this year, and his weakness is left-handed batters. But it's not even that bad. But I look at the Mets lineup, talk about a, a banged-up lineup. Curtis Granderson is, is banged up a little bit, might get in there. Um, is Drupal Cabrera switch hitter, Neil Walker switch hitter, and then after that it's James Loney? Like, in terms of left-handed batters, I'm like, I, he's not, he should be fine. I think Jason Hamill will be just yeah, fine. Kelly Johnson. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brandon Nimmo, Kelly Johnson in there. I mean, it's Yohan Cespedes, but he's right-handed. I, I trust uh, Jason Hamill going to the Mets, totally. I think that's going to be fine. Uh, does the Sabersim agree? Is, is he up there as well? Uh, he's not actually, no. Oh, okay. uh, he's pretty far down. I mean, so today's slate, there's not really any obvious picks. There's a lot of mid-tier yeah. guys that are sort of clumped together. So Hamill's pretty far down, but he's projected for like 16 points, which is sort of middle of the road average. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, he's done, he's pitched great as far as ERA this year, but you know, his peripherals aren't amazing. His strikeout rate is, way down from uh previous years so i think that's probably the part of the reason why he's not 
super high up there. It's just the strikeout potential isn't quite the same as it as it was in previous years. But um, I mean, I agree. I think he's still he's still a pretty good pick. Uh, I probably won't be taking him because I generally just <laughs> go by Saverson, but uh, I, I don't think he's a terrible pick at all. All right. what, he's a little is, bit expensive though for for the uh, I mean ninety three hundred isn't great at least for the projection. Sure. And being opposite to Grom probably doesn't help either. Um, what, yeah. what is Saberson like then? Who's at the top of the list there? So the top two are uh, Ian Kennedy going against the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean I, I think Saberson always likes targeting the Phillies. Uh, they haven't. I don't think they've been quite as bad maybe as last year. I, I'm not looking at the numbers, but I don't think their strikeout rate has been quite as bad. But um, still, you know, the lineup is not strong. Uh, and so Ian Kennedy is the top. And then the second is Jaime Garcia going against the Brewers. Um, I think the Brewers, again, are another team that Saberson likes to target a lot. Just I think their, their strikeout potential is pretty high. Uh, and then, you know, DeGrom third. And after that, Smiley. And then my favorite value pick for the day is uh, Nathan Eovaldi. Who is only 5,400 um, price tag on DraftKings, which is crazy low. Uh, yeah. His peripherals have been have been great this year. I mean, his strikeout rate is up, his walk rate is down, and he's pitching, um, you know, against the Padres in Petco. So that's kind of like a perfect storm of you know cheap outperforming his or his peripherals are better than his performance this year. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm going against a weak offense at Pitcher's Park. So Yeah. Any righty that can get some strikeouts getting the Padres uh, and Petco needs to, you'd think, uh, be more expensive than that. He's been real rough. His, his June was one to forget. Right. He had an 8-6-5 ERA in June. Yeah. Uh, four homers last time out against the Twins. Um, that was in Yankee yeah. Stadium, though. I saw that one. Uh, he just couldn't keep the ball in the yard. I, I like that uh, definitely as a GPP play. Like he, he could give you a, a zero or a bad day out, like for right, sure. Right. Um, but I also definitely see, especially for that cheap, he could win that game easy. He can get you strikeouts. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like that. It's, it's not a slam dunk. It's not, you know, it's not no. a ton of confidence, but definitely one I'm interested in for sure. Uh, and I, I think he can turn things around. Brad, who else do you like on the slate at uh, pitcher? Uh, Michael Fulmer's a guy I like a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, faced the Rays once, completely dominated them. Huge game against them. Rays aren't very good against right-handed pitching. Uh, he's got good strikeout stuff. Uh, I think he can turn in a really strong outing. Uh, there's scenarios where the Tigers give him a lot of run support against Smiley. Obviously, uh, as Saberson points out, <laughs> there's uh, upside to Smiley too. Mm-hmm. So there's. You don't know if you're going to get the win. It's not like an automatic situation, uh, but there's definitely potential for run support. Yeah. Uh, the high end score is probably around you know 60 points on FanDuel and you know close to upper 20s on DraftKings. Uh, so both good scenarios for him. Uh, I don't mind Jeremy Hellickson today against the Royals. I, I know Ian Kennedy is definitely the better play of the two pitchers in that game, uh, but the Royals don't really hit righties all that well either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helixson's having a good year aside from being homer-prone, which is nothing new. Uh, the, the Royals aren't really a powerful lineup, but they do have a few guys who can hit home runs. Uh, so Helixson's success will just come down to if he can avoid that long ball, I think. Uh, sure. Otherwise, you know, he's a solid enough pitcher and could turn in a good day. Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I'm in on picking against the Royals now. I think that we've been avoiding them for a few years, and it's just plain not the same lineup anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that'd be just fine. Um the only other two guys I had, uh, Mike Fires getting the White Sox. 
I'll consider it just because the White Sox have been so flaky uh, and not a ton of confidence in Mike Fires, but it would not surprise me if he had an okay day out and he's been pitching a little bit better lately. I want to see more strikeouts from him than he's had, you know, lately, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down to pick against the White Sox. And if you're win hunting, cheap win hunting, I think you get a run support against Miguel Gonzalez too. Um, and then Johnny Cueto goes to the desert and gets the D-backs, and that's not a super easy matchup, but he's a guy that I feel like we can go back to trusting most times out at this point. Seems to have it together. Um, so not a great matchup, especially for what you're paying for, but not something I'd shy away from necessarily. Was there anybody, uh, Matt, on Saber Sim that we didn't mention that we need to look at? Uh, I think we got most of the top guys. Um, Saber Sim actually likes Kevin Gossman uh, as far as... So I'm, so I'm looking, they're kind of percentile projections, like 85th percentile um, mm-hmm. for pitchers, and he's uh, he's just above Fulmer and below Fears. So, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of risk there, um, but, you know, he's another potential uh, cheaper pick. Uh, I think we said most of the other guys that are here yeah. on this list. We didn't say Sonny Gray, but are we just, I mean, he's getting Pittsburgh, who's not that scary of a lineup. Are we just avoiding him right now? Has he crossed off the list until he shows more consistency? I would. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I, I think it's weird that we're just like, ugh, completely. And I'm like, yeah, I, I also, it's not for me. You, you as well, Brad? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a situation we can consider. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I also, yeah, so, uh, I didn't mention this to you, Matt, but, um, Matt Dewaskin, my, my co-host during, during the week, and I have a, a pitching contest where we pick streamers, uh, that are less than 50% owned every day. Um, as part of a keeping track on a spreadsheet and trying to see who can do better. Um, he's going with Gosman in Seattle. Um, I think I'm going to take Eovaldi. I'm going to, going to roll the dice a little bit there. And basically, I'm not betting on Eovaldi being good. I'm betting on the Padres being bad is, uh, <laughs> my picks. We, we're picking these guys that are less round. Let's take a quick peek before we get out of here at the weekend slate. Um, we don't have to break it down by any means, but, um, looking at Saturday, uh, just what jumps off the, the page to you. For me, it's the return of Rich Hill. I've been waiting. I'm so excited. It's one of my, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite stories of the year. And it's just, I'm glad that his DL trip was not, uh, particularly extensive. I hope he comes back. I hope he's fine. He gets the Pirates. I think he'll do a okay there. Um, he is well more than 50% on though. Um, I went with James Paxton. He gets Baltimore, which is not a great matchup. Uh, but I, I, I'm trusting the talent there. I think he's the, the most under-owned, uh, talent-wise. And Matt is taking Patrick Corbin, getting the Giants, who don't strike out much, uh, but definitely are banged up. And so Patrick Corbin at home might, might have a chance against them. They're also very left-handed, so I could see him working into an okay start. Um, Brad, what stuck out to you on Saturday as we glance at the schedule? If you were watching baseball or playing DFS, uh, what are you, what are you looking at here? Uh, well, for watching baseball, I'm definitely interested in the Trevor Bauer versus Marco Estrada game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Red Hot Indians. Uh, Trevor Bauer is pitching fantastically. Blue Jays, obviously, a lot of offense. Uh, could uh, take Bauer to task if he makes a couple mistakes. And then Estrada's pitching really well, too. Uh, so, on paper, excellent matchup. Uh, a couple guys who maybe aren't uh, national media darlings, but still uh, among the best pitchers going right now. And uh, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, also, want to watch uh, Justin Verlander and Blake Snell. Uh, that should be a fun one. Uh, mm-hmm. Snell's a guy whose stuff I really like uh, from the couple times I've seen him. Uh, I think there's you know adjustments to be made by him uh, to improve further. And then 
Erlander, he always got the shot to see a good outing from him, too. Yeah, I really like Blake Snell. Uh, that Tigers matchup is too mean, though. Like, Saturday oh, might yeah. be a bad that's, day for him. That's a tough matchup for him. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's partly why I want to see how he'll uh, adjust to that, how he'll yeah. handle it. He was eligible for the contest, and I'm like, talented pitcher, should be scooped up, should be more owned, can't take him on Saturday. No way. Um <laughs> Matt, was there anything on Saturday that uh, either that looked good to you or Saberson made you raise your eyebrow? Not too much. Uh, Saberson likes Paxton a lot, too, so mm-hmm. definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, Jose Fernandez is going against the Braves, so that's kind of a matchup made in heaven. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll be fun to watch for non-Braves fans. Uh, I, I, I would <laughs> ask, what's your guess over under on strikeouts? What would you put it at, Brad? Like eight and a half? If he's getting the Braves, would you set it that high? And then I... Yeah, yeah probably. I, the, the Braves aren't, like, such a high strikeout team. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just very weak power. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's not like they... They're not the Twins or the Padres where if you get that matchup, you can start dreaming about 10-plus strikeouts. Yeah. They're definitely a weak lineup to take advantage of. What does Saberson think? Where is it, like, putting that strikeout mark at? Uh, it's got him at 8 point. Eight five strikeouts. Oh so I made up a number yeah. that was not as far off as I thought it might be. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun matchup though for for Saturday for sure. He's he's an exciting pitcher and, and like so it's a good matchup even if they don't whip enough. Um, and then on Sunday, uh, Matt and I both have to go with Adam Conley getting uh, Matt Whistler in uh, the Braves. It's Sunday night baseball. Uh, Marlins at, at Braves. Um, but yeah, Adam Conley's been a good streamer for us. He's underowned. Um, lefty going to Atlanta is going to be just fine. Um, the only other thing I noticed really, uh, in terms of streaming is Jordano Ventura has been bad enough that he's now down to 50% owned on the line. So at least for a contest, uh, it's like, oh, he's eligible. I still don't want him. He's going to Philadelphia, but he could be okay. But, uh, his ownership has come down a bunch. Other than that, on the slate, uh, John Gray opposite Julio Urias is kind of interesting, kind of an NL West yeah. uh, prospect arms thing, uh, guys that could have uh, good futures. Um, so I, I like that in terms of a matchup, especially since it's away from course. So uh, it could be interesting for both of them. Um, Matt, what stuck out to you on Sunday? Uh, anything on the schedule look interesting to you? Uh, I mean, the Cubs-Mets game should be good with Syndergaard going against Leicester. Saberson actually has the Cubs as favorites there, but it'll be definitely a great pitching matchup and great to see kind of power versus power with Syndergaard against the Cubs mm-hmm. uh, to see how that plays out. I like that uh, Lucas Giolito's going again, too. He, he gets the Reds, and I think that he's going to be a fun guy to follow and, mm-hmm. and a fun guy to watch. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm excited. At least, if not watching, at least checking the box score. Also, Matt Shoemaker going to Boston. That's a good test for him, the the new Matt Shoemaker, see what exactly is going on there. Uh, <laughs> like to see how he does. Uh, and, Brad, what, what else you got uh, for Sunday? Anything else stick out to you? Uh, I'm a fan of Robbie Ray. I, I think he's a command breakout away from being a really good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's not something that happens with everyone, uh, so you can't just uh, grab them and wait for it to happen. Uh, it's more of a, an asset class type thing, uh, but he's, he's someone I like to watch and uh, see if I can pick up on when and if that command breakout is actually going to happen. He's up against the Giants, who are running pretty hot these days. Uh, going to be a tough matchup for him after a few easy ones. I uh, want to see how he responds to that. 
Yeah, and I wish the Giants struck out more in terms of trying to pick against them, but they're definitely right. burned up. Uh, it's like right. I'm, not, I, I, I'm not as scared of them doing damage as much as I'm like, I might not get as much out of it as, as you want. Yeah. Um, I, I like Robbie Ray, too. I liked him in the preseason. He hasn't really delivered yet, but I like there's still that hope there that, that there's something. He's getting his strikeouts, so... Yeah, yeah the, 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 the stuff's there. <laughs> it's just the, the execution isn't... Yeah. Yeah. What were we saying Saber about Saber seems to like, he seem, They seem to like uh, Robbie Ray pretty much every time he pitches. He <laughs> always seems to show up near the top of the leaderboard, at least as far as value and stuff, so, you know, he... Saberson definitely agrees with you guys, uh, and hopefully he can get that command under control. Yeah. Um, Well, that should do it for us for Friday and through the weekend. Um, Matt, obviously we talked a bunch about Saberson, but uh, what else do you work on, and where can people uh, find your work? (laughs) That's the main thing I work on. So, I mean, I have a weekly um, column on rotographs. Usually I'm talking about uh, kind of Saberson picks and then just strategies of of how to use tools and and more broad DFS tools. strategies as far as building lineups and stuff like that but yeah i mean definitely uh you know there's a all the projections for saberson are on fan graphs and then you know there's some additional tools on the site itself and there's a seven day trial for that too so definitely encourage you to to check it out or reach out to me on twitter if you have any questions about it yeah uh matt is on twitter at matt r underscore hunter is that right yep yeah uh give him a follow and then also at saberson is on twitter also uh check those out um, Brad, what do you got going on? Brad's on Twitter at baseball a team, writing everywhere. Uh, any news in your world? Uh, usual mix of stuff. I've uh, agreed to add even more dynasty stuff to my portfolio, so that'll be starting up in mid July mm-hmm. after uh, I got a uh, a working vacation uh, coming up in a couple weeks, and uh, then after that I'll be adding more dynasty stuff. Otherwise, the same old, same old uh, DFS and Dynasty. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, Brad's on Twitter at Baseball A-Team. We always think it's funny that he writes on DFS, the shortest-term fantasy stuff, and then Dynasty, the longest-term fantasy stuff. Kind of <laughs> bookend uh, strategies, which is good. Um, I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. I uh, love to hear from you guys uh, all the time. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. The feedback helps shape it. But, uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Um, thanks to, to Matt for coming in. You're a great guest. Glad you could come in and tell us a little bit more about Sabersim and help us do some picks. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. All right, so uh, for Matt and for Brad, good luck with your picks uh, on Friday. Uh, Matt and I will be back on Monday for 4th of July. Uh, we'll, we'll get a show out in time for that, no problem. Um, so uh, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.